Good morning, everyone. We're reading from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 14. This is entitled, The Birth of Jesus Christ. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn, the shepherds and the angels. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field. Angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. Find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace amongst those with whom he is pleased. And the second reading this morning is from Isaiah chapter 9, uh, verse, uh, verse 6. For, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of... Thanks, Brad. Morning, everybody. Those of you that don't know me, I think everybody knows me. But if you don't, or if you forgot, my name's Andrew, and um, it's my privilege to pastor here. I was just thinking when we were reading those, those re- readings, you know, is it just me, or, you know, when you read the Luke thing, when you read some of those lines, you know, um, shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flocks by night, and for unto us is born as... I, I want to sing them. It's kind of like they shouldn't be just words, they should be songs because we've had them all. Is that just me or is that just you hear melodies when you read those lines? No, I'm okay. Okay. I wouldn't do that to you. We're, um, that's not what the sermon's about, by the way. We're talking about peace today. We're on our third um, week of Advent. We've had joy. We had hope the first week. Then we had joy with our kids' service last week. That was a lot of joy in lots of different ways. And um, today we're talking about peace. You know, and <laughs> when you start to talk about peace, when you start thinking about peace, so much comes up in your mind, doesn't it? I mean, it's kind of like it's the talking point, not even at Christmas, all the time. And then when you read verses like, you know, Isaiah, that, that verse... Um, that Brad just read with us, you know, verse 6. Wonderful counsellor, mighty God, everlasting, prince of peace. Or at the end of um, our reading in Luke, you know, 
Glory to God in the highest on earth. Peace among those with whom he's pleased. And I don't know about you, but when I think about peace, my head goes in a, a million different places. I think of world peace. Anyone ever thought of world? You know, does anyone go there? I think of you know, peace in families, peace in our society. I think of inner peace sometimes. And, and those are all things and those are all places where peace um, is such a genuine desire we have. And so when we get to do our Advent Sunday on peace, we go to verses like this and they're lovely verses. Lovely Christmas verses, aren't they? And, and it's the right place in church to talk about those sorts of things. They're comforting. And he's a prince of peace, you know, glory to God in the highest. They're encouraging. They give us warm feelings. Christmas gives us warm feelings on this side of the world because it's not cold. Um, but you get warm feelings from those words, you know, you, that Jesus is the prince of peace. And they're very Christian ways to think about peace. Also very true ways to think about peace. But is that really how it is? I mean, in our lives or in the world. We can have a Sunday where we talk about peace and we can focus on these verses and we think, oh, yeah, well, let's sing songs about Prince of Peace and, you know, and, um, you know peace on earth. And, but is that really how it is in my life, in your life, uh, in, in your relationships, in the world that you're in? Let me read another scripture or two, and we're going to have them up on the screen. Isaiah 59 verse 8, if we can get that one. Isaiah 59 verse 8 says, The way of peace they do not know, and there's no justice in their paths. They've made their roads crooked. No one who treads on them knows peace. So there's this sense where the prophet Isaiah is talking to the nation of Israel and those that are running away and turning their backs on God. They're not going to know peace. And then there's another verse, and this one is Jesus himself. Let's have a look at the next one. This is Jesus. This is the Prince of Peace. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. Wait a minute. I've not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I've come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Mothers-in-law always feature, right? <laughs> and a person's enemies will be those of his own household. What is that all about? On the one hand, we've got a Bible that talks about Prince of Peace and, and he's the one that brings peace and everyone's sort of bringing gifts and, and we get warm, fuzzy feelings. But then we read in other... And we read, what's all that about? You know, if you ask the average punter, they'd say that the description in Isaiah and maybe even Jesus' words in Matthew are more accurate in the real world than those scriptures we read earlier when we think about peace. So if Jesus really was born to bring peace, then where is it? Have we ever had it? Humans have tried to find it for generations, haven't they? This, is in, in this endless pursuit, this endless journey to try to find peace uh, in, internally but also in nations. It's elusive, isn't it? Historically, nations, if you go back through history, nations have worked on subduing other nations, thinking that if we can just control the world, it started with the Romans, we will have peace. If we can just subdue another nation, if we can just be the ones, because we know how to run things right, if we can just get it, then we will have peace. You know, endless pursuit, hundreds of years. And let's just look at a few things in the last century. You know, the First World War. That was going to bring peace. We are going to crush this rogue nation. 
We're going to come with our wisdom and we're going to, to win this war and bring peace. But it didn't. In fact, it left behind a bunch of really disgruntled unpeace, disgruntled people, lots of unpeace, which led us to the Second World War. Second World War was those that were disgruntled, that weren't experiencing peace, that we are going to get back control. We are going to, we are going to be the people to dominate. We're going to be our own boss. We are going to be culturally and ethnically pure because that will bring peace. But it didn't. Up to the 40s, 1940s and 50s, the Industrial Revolution. Let's see if we can develop superpowers because that's the way to bring peace. But it didn't. The 60s, let it be. Sexual revolution, grow your hair, burn the bra, freedom. Now that will bring us peace. And even the symbol would feature. Anyone remember that? You're not wanting to admit it because you're old. That will bring peace. But it didn't. The 80s and the 90s, the postmodern world. Let's decide there is no absolute truth. Let everyone decide what their truth is. Just let everyone, because that will bring peace. It didn't. The 90s and the 2000s, we got an idea. Let's create a United Nations. Let's be united in the world. Let's us, this group, set the agenda for peace. Let's do that economically, let's do that politically, let's do that. We'll keep the peace and then there will be peace. But, well, you get it. It didn't. And then, well, in the last two years, the attempts of the whole world to find peace from this virus and its effects on everything. It seems like nothing is untouched. And... And let's just say the attempts haven't actually brought peace, have they? All of these are attempts right through history. And, and they're the big world events. Think of your own life and maybe relationships and, and, and stories you know and books you've read. All of these are attempts to meet the heart's desire of each individual. Because it starts with individuals, doesn't it? Peace. We want peace with ourselves. We want peace with others. And we want peace in our world. What does peace look like for you? Is it as a mother, the kids are in bed, end of the day, dishes are done, kettles boiled, cup of tea, glass of wine, <gasps> quiet, peace. Is it that? Is it somewhere by a river or on a mountain where you can just sit and you can just hear the birds or not and just have, is that, is that peace? Is it, um, you know, is it a, a, an ocean where you're by the ocean, you're watching the waves roll in and you're just thinking, this is, this is peace. You know you can get apps that do that for you, can't you? You don't need to go to the beach anymore or to the mountains or anywhere. You know, there's, there's apps that do twittering birds if you want, you know. Is that what peace is? It, is it a family issue that's finally solved? Is it an internal story? What does peace look like for you? I thought it might be a good idea. I've got a slide to show you, which is just a little bit of humour. I was playing with peace, you know. Um, when there's this little kid talking to Santa, world peace, why can't you just wish for an iPad like a normal kid? You know. But anyway, I want you to turn to the person next to you and I want you to tell them what, what does peace look like for you? And it could be a mountain or a... What does peace look like for you? An example. Just two minutes. 
All right, you've got. I want you to yell out some beauties. Yell out some good ones that you heard, not your own. I can't hear you. Yell out some. What was some good one? What a good. What what gives you peace? Sorry. Fishing. Quiet on the water. Waves just lapping on the side of the boat. Clack clack clack. And an occasional fish. Although that disturbs the. What do you hear? What's what? What gives you peace? Family peace, yeah, when everything, when everyone's sitting around the table and, yeah, yeah. Anyone else? Nature. Nature. Is that what you said as well? Creation, Creation. yep. There's common, common elements, isn't there, to peace, isn't there, in our lives? And we all want moments of it. You know, I, uh, on the slide up there, there was one where it sort of says, you know, um, Oh, I can't remember. Something about eating a whole bunch of... Where is it? My therapist told me the way to achieve true inner peace is to finish what I start. So far, I've finished two bags of M&Ms, a chocolate cake. I feel better already. <laughs> That's kind of me a little bit, you know. It's kind of, ah, oh, you know. No, it's not, actually. I don't like chocolate cake. But peace is not so easily found these days. It's under attack on every level. Inner peace, this personal peace, is peace with myself. There are people giving up on life. There are people checking out of life, or worse, because they can't even find the peace to live, to have life. In a conflict, people are strongly increase. Life and the issues in our world and society that rob us of peace seem kind of escapable. So we really are in need of this inner peace, aren't we? Mental health professionals tell us that Christmas holidays, the time of peace on earth is often one of the most depressing as expectations go unmet and stress multiplies. Anyone having stress about Christmas coming up? We're all kind of relaxed about that. That's really good. And then there's peace with others. There's peace with others. So peace with others, that, that interpersonal peace, isn't it? There's conflicts rage, rage, raging in the world, in families, uh, in society, and particularly lately in, in relationships. Some of the stories you're hearing about relationships with the current environment and then how they're breaking down over, well, you know what the issues are nowadays. We don't need to speak of them. There's relationships, interpersonal conflict. People struggle against other people. Family conflicts, conflicts with co-workers, sometimes even conflicts with total strangers. Think of road rage. Crime, racism, abuse and violence. Divorce rates show that conflict between husband and wives during this season of peace and goodwill is even higher. And individuals often disappoint each other and fail to meet expectations. Family conflicts are often more, aren't they? They make funny movies about that, but it really happens. Family conflicts are often more at this time of year because you've got people that never spend time together that suddenly have to spend time together and be nice to each other. Even total strangers get into conflict as they, convene, as they compete for the best parking spot at the shopping centre before Christmas. Riots have been known to occur over those things. I read an article where there was an absolute riot, and it was in Australia. You kind of read, I'm thinking, this has got to be the US. But it wasn't, you know? And then there's international or world peace, you know? I'm pretty sure there's no one that would disagree with that. It's a noble desire, world peace. I mean, what do they ask those beauty pageant ladies, you know, Miss World, when she comes up? And they say, what would you like most? Through her mind goes lots of money and fame, but I'll say world peace. 
Because that's the noble thing to say, isn't it? And it probably what the term peace on earth probably means to most people is international peace, isn't it? That's where our head goes, where the average person's head goes. Currently there's conflicts around the globe and war is nothing new. There's a constant threat of terrorism in some countries. The Middle East, where Jesus was born, is one of the least peaceful places on earth. And in recent years, Bethlehem has been torn by riots and various factions. So the place where the Prince of Peace was born is, has no peace. And we look for peace in all those places. We look for inner peace. We look for peace with others. We, we want peace in the world around us. And it seems so elusive. Here's perhaps a reason why it's elusive. There is one peace that we need as humans above all. And without this peace, those others, the inner with others in the world, they won't, those others won't come. Without this peace, the others won't come. And that's peace with God. And we don't think about that much, do we? And this is the peace that Jesus the Prince of Peace actually came to bring. And as we'll see, that's the doorway to those other pieces. But the peace with God is what he came to bring. While a need for inner peace and interpersonal peace and an international peace, most people would recognise the need for that, and we do. This peace, peace with God, rarely gets a second or even a first thought, yet it's our most pressing need. We all need peace with God. And the reason is open rebellion. And we've, as we've gone through the five points of Calvinism, we've talked about that a few times. But we know that the human, our own human response to God's rule is rebellion. And because we all sin and because we all rebel against God, we don't have peace with him. We're actually in a kind of an enemy relationship. And Paul talks about this in Romans. And I wanted to have a look at this scripture. We were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more now that we're reconciled shall we be saved by his life. So we're seen as, we were seen as enemies. Our sin and rebellion made us, gave us that enemy relationship with God. He calls us enemies of God. And, and that's a statement of fact. Not, it's not about whether we harbour any hostile feeling or, or whether you know, we, we just don't think God's doing the right thing. That's a statement of fact. We were enemies with God. And we needed the Son of God to come and bring peace with him. Jesus came first and foremost to bring this peace on earth. He came to make peace between God and you and me, sinful, rebellious human beings. And that same verse tells us that while we were enemies, we were reconciled by the death of his Son. Jesus would bring this peace by paying the penalty for our sins. So that God's wrath could be turned away and we could have peace with God. Because Jesus came, we really can. Not anymore. You know, earlier in Romans chapter 5, in the first verse, Paul said this, Since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's only through Jesus that we get that, that peace with God, which is the doorway to peace, isn't it? We need this peace because it's the key to the others that we talked about. But that's just the start. Jesus didn't just come and kick something into gear and, and sort of say, well, I've brought this peace and I'll leave it to you now. 
Jesus also brought us peace by giving us the Holy Spirit to live in us. The Spirit changes us so that we can have a measure of inner peace. Do You see, when we have peace with God, when Jesus, Jesus comes to bring us peace with God, to reconcile us with God, and then the Holy Spirit comes and lives in us, and now we can have a measure of inner peace through the Spirit's work in our life. When we feel turmoil inside, we, we have the resources to deal with it. You know, Paul said that in Philippians, didn't he? In Philippians 4, verses 6 to 7. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. But that peace comes because we've first been, that Jesus first gave us peace with God. And now, through that, through the Spirit's working. What about with others? As believers, we're changed into more loving, more Christ-like people. Well, that's the idea anyway, isn't it? We now have the resources through the Spirit to better live at peace with those around us, with people that we connect with. Maybe it's family or work or socially or friends. We grow in the capacity to forgive wrongs done to us. We grow, and we should grow in an awareness of how we might hurt others. And so the Holy Spirit helps us to, to develop that peace uh, with others that we so long for, with his work in our lives. And then we can align ourselves with Paul's words. Remember Paul's words in Romans 12 where he said, if it's possible, as far as it's with everybody. So we need the Spirit to do that. So Jesus gave us peace by giving us, he, he brought us peace with God, but then he gave us the Spirit that helps us to, to access the resources to have inner peace and to have peace with others. And so when we get to Christmas and we, we hear these lovely verses and, and all these songs and we get all the visuals, you know, the, the um, nativity scenes, etc., it does move us because we know that there's something greater behind that. We know the Prince of Peace gave us peace with God. But it also reminds us of our deep desire and a real need for peace in all these ways. So we hang on to the words that Jesus came to bring peace. We, Jesus is catch ourselves wondering, did he, will he this time, you know, when this, the family gets together this time, or, or when this, this um, version of the virus comes, or when this economic thing, when this government comes, will he? You see, we'll never find peace in those other areas unless we first Find peace with God and understand that that's what Jesus came for. That's what he was born to do and that's what he did. This baby that we look at at Christmas was born to bring that peace. Peace with God is the doorway to inner peace, the doorway to peace with other people. You know, and I think of that earlier this year, I think it was earlier this year when or a sermon a few months ago where we talked about you know, the, the, the word shalom, that peace word. That the original word shalom, peace, is that whole sense of total well-being in all areas. To bring shalom into a situation is to create that total well-being in all areas. And that as we seek that shalom for ourselves, that peace for ourselves, that we are to seek it for others as well. We now become ambassadors of that same peace. We might not always experience it. We might not always feel it ourselves. And then what about that scripture that I read before in Matthew? What did Jesus mean by that? 
You know, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to, to bring the sword. I started wondering about that. And, it, you know, there are times when conflict can get worse, when a person becomes a believer in Christ. There are times, you know, I think of a story of, in Uganda, I know that, um, and you have heard his name before, um, Solomon, who is now um, almost, almost qualified. He just, he's been qualified to be a pastor now in Uganda, and he came to us uh, out of the Baha'i religion. And for him to become a Christian many years ago um, in Youth Support Uganda brought very much conflict into his life. It didn't bring peace. You know, I think that's what Jesus is talking about. Sometimes becoming a believer, conflict might get worse for a bit. And this is what Jesus was saying. Jesus warned of the persecution that will come when we confront a world that rejects him. And even though in the West here, we, for the longest time ever, we've been, sort of, we've been blessed with um, remarkable levels of protection from persecution. The rest of the world for the past 20 centuries has been quite hostile to Christians. And we don't get that sometimes. And so we have this, this kind of tilted picture of peace, what it looks like. If I belong to Jesus, then everything's going to be okay. In many, many nations, if you belong to Jesus, it's not going to be okay. And peace in that human sense is not even possible. So they hang on desperately to that peace with God that Jesus Christ brought. And it's so important to understand that. And Jesus said that. He said that maybe, you know, we can experience times of conflict when others around us also reject Christ and it could even be members of our own family or friends. We can still have that inner peace because of what Jesus did. And Jesus said it was going to be like that. In John 14, verse 27, there's a few bits there. He talks about it. He says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. That's not that worldly peace. Do I give you? Let not your hearts be troubled and let them not be afraid. He also said, in, if you read John 15 and 16, he talks about that the world would hate us the way that it hated him and that we would experience persecution, that the world would bring us sorrow. But he said, but I have overcome it. I have brought you peace with God and given you the Holy Spirit to live in you. And then he finishes John 16 with these amazing words, and I'll put those up there for you. I've said these things to you. And these things are all those things. It's, um, the conflict's going to be part of life and they're going to hate you and it's going to be tough. I've said these things to you that in me you might have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation, but take heart because I have. I've, beat, I've kicked their butt. I have overcome. And that's the truth. And so it's not wrong for us to think about having inner peace, peace with is through having peace with God. That's the peace. Jesus Christ brought us. So the peace on earth that the angels proclaimed at Jesus' birth, world peace, Jesus' first coming didn't bring that peace. But he promised, and we know that he will come again. Ever be international peace is when every knee bows and every tongue confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that God is then given his rightful place as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That is when world peace. We won't need beauty pageants anymore because we'll have world peace. That's when world peace will come.
And the prophet Isaiah, if you read Isaiah, he says that in a number of places, when, and, and to, to, to paraphrase what he says, he says things like, when Christ reigns supreme and the nations are living in obedience, then there will be world peace. So Jesus, the Prince of Peace, came to make God. He gives us the resources to experience inner peace. Help us to be kind. Help us to be the kind of people who can live at peace with others. And even in persecution, we can experience the peace of God. And finally, when Jesus returns and he sets up his kingdom, the world will be united in peace. You know, I started with this, we all want peace. I do. We all need it. But it matters where we look for it. It matters where we try to find it. Peace is not to be found in the first place in our circumstances, in the way that we can engineer things to be better. It's not based on them. It's found in Jesus, only in Jesus. Because he, his peace, the peace that he brings, the peace with God, is the only unchanging, enduring and unshakable peace. That doesn't change because our circumstances change or a virus comes or there's a war or there's persecution. The peace that we have with God is fixed. What does Peter say? It's in heaven. It will never perish, spoil or fade. It's salvation. Only he could remove that which held back our peace. He brought us the peace that we really need by offering himself up in love. To take our place, he restored our peace with God. This perfect love, there is a place where we, we end up losing peace. This perfect love came to us through this baby who would grow and bring us peace with God. This love opens the door to peace in our own lives. It opens the door to peace in our relationships. It opens the door to peace with our, in our interaction with the world and the society. And eventually it brings us into the peace of eternity. And your favourite bird sound will seem like absolute garbage to the peace that we experience when we're with our Father in heaven. We can now experience the love of the King of Peace because the Prince of Peace came. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. The reminder that the peace that we seek is really peace with you. And that that was done by your son Jesus. That that's been achieved. That we are the recipients. We do have peace with you. And Holy Spirit, we're reminded that you living in us, you guide us into peace. You teach us how to, how to have peace with ourselves, to have peace with others, to seek peace in the world. Because we have peace with you, God. We want to thank you, Lord, for reminding us each year, Jesus, that you are the Prince of Peace on earth. When each knee, every knee bows and every tongue confesses that you are the King of kings and Lord of lords. Lord, we pray for situations in our life where there isn't peace. The reality is that we experience um, lack of peace in so many areas at so many times. Help us, teach us 
to press into you, Holy Spirit. Teach us to seek the resources from you, God, to find that peace, to be reminded that we have, we already have peace with you. The one place that we needed peace more desperately than anything, that's all been achieved. Help us to see that and through that find peace in other areas. Teach us to be quick to come to you. Teach us to be quick to seek you. Holy Spirit, teach us to listen to you, your promptings and your nudging in our life. And Lord, when things aren't peaceful around us, because they often aren't, help us still to know that peace with you is ours, that peace is ours, that our, world, our future doesn't change because of the things that happen around us. Help us to remember that this Christmas as we um, ponder the Prince of Peace, the one who we, um, who we talk about as the one who brought peace. Lord, help us to celebrate that peace in Jesus' name. Amen.